if you misunderstand my vocal instruction, I can hurt you. So can any other vocal coach. So listen up, Grasshopper. Be careful what you think you know. Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Misunderstanding new vocal techniques, vocal exercises, and corrections suggested by a vocal coach can at best do your voice no good and at worst cause vocal harm. And yes, this really does go for my vocal training too. No matter who you take lessons from, here's the bottom line. Any change you make to the way you use your voice should cause your voice to feel and sound better, not worse. To that end, here are some clarifications to make sure my training helps you. Let's start with pull, don't push the voice. Here's an explanation of the training. Most people push too much air when singing and speaking. This causes unnecessary stress to the vocal apparatus, including dehydration of the mucus covering of the vocal cords. It also leads to a tightening of the throat channel, limiting resonance and range, along with a host of other vocal control issues. A parallel for this is atomic energy. Just enough and the grid is powered. A little too much and, you know, you blow the place up. To get breath support, breath sent to your vocal cords, and breath control, breath held back from your vocal cords, balanced so that the voice is confidently powered but not blown, I use the term pull instead of push for vocal power. Here's how to get this wrong. If you interpret my suggestion as meaning pull your chest voice up too high, you'll definitely strain your voice. Pulling chest voice is typically interpreted as singing too high in unmixed lower register. It's an abusive way to belt your voice and leads to vocal strain and eventually damage. Another misunderstanding of my suggestion to pull is to pull your mic away from your mouth. It doesn't take much for the mic to lose the voice's signal and pulling very far will quickly get you on the bad side of your sound person trying to get your volume consistent. Here's how to get this right. Instead of moving your mic away from your mouth, just give it a little squeeze, slightly twisting your torso so you're a bit taller. This move can be almost imperceptible, like avoiding a space invader with bad breath. That works with most people. Try this experiment. Put the palm of your hand in front of your mouth and say the word three. I bet you felt a big puff of air on your palm from the TH. Now say the word again, but this time try to limit the breath that you puff into your hand. You just experienced the difference between pushing and pulling your voice. Kind of like a boxer pulling her punch to avoid full contact with a sparring partner, you can control your airstream. Okay, let's try saying the phrase three pretty felines. First, pushing the TH, P, and F, and then try pulling those consonants in the same phrase. Three pretty felines. 
three pretty felines. You'll find out that pulling not only controls excessive breath, but also increases your vocal volume. This is because done correctly, pulling will open up your rib cage, increasing your breath efficiency, and will open your throat channel, giving your voice access to more resonation. And that's where your volume comes from. To get this pulling sensation into your muscle memory, you should create the sensation with every vocal exercise you do. Straighten the upper curve of your spine a little flexibly taller when you make a vocal sound, moving your head back over your heels instead of forward over the balls of your feet. Other phrases that trigger this pulling action include power your voice like a magnet and resonate like strong coffee. Don't dilute your sound with excessive air. Okay, the next concept you could get wrong. Take a breath and don't use it. Here's an explanation of the training. I've developed certain little catchphrases to crystallize complicated vocal technique concepts into easy to remember corrections and habits. I use, for instance, this phrase, take a breath and don't use it, to trigger the most efficient use of breath. You do want enough of a breath to expand both your rib cage and your throat channel, increasing your breath control and opening your throat path to resonation zones. But at the same time, it really doesn't take much breath to vibrate your vocal cords confidently and strain-free. Here's how you could get this wrong. Holding your breath is the wrong way to interpret this phrase. You actually need to support your voice with breath. In fact, your voice should always be riding on a thin and steady cushion of air. Holding your breath back too much can create tension in your throat, jaw, and vocal apparatus, creating vocal weakness and inconsistency. Here's how to get it right. Realize that don't use it is just a hyperbolic figure of speech. I keep saying it because especially for those who push too much breath, it does work. Alternative phrases that I use to get breath pressure balance include back off your pressure, add passion, and don't leak breath, and don't leave a breath mark on a glass window pane in front of your mouth when you're singing or speaking. So you might try those instead of take a breath and don't use it if they work better for you. Next concept that I teach that you could get wrong, use your face. Here's the explanation of my training. The richest and most communicative voice requires active facial language. The voice from a zombie, frozen, or poker face will sound mechanical, bored, or disengaged, not the sound that gets the typical response you want for your message. Therefore, you need to wake your face up. Here's how to get it wrong. If you've been singing or speaking with a blank face, just learning to move your face may seem weird and even tiring at first. But like most things, you have to find the balance. Using active facial language correctly shouldn't create facial fatigue or tension. In fact, it should help release tension, especially in your jaw. So don't overstretch your tongue or jaw. And definitely avoid holding a squint in your upper cheek area 
which can cause your soft palate to freeze and you're going to sound really thin like this. Here's how to get this right. This is where the synergy of power path and performance can help. When performing as a singer or speaker, really focus your mind on the heart you're communicating to. Now imagine that person is at least partially or selectively deaf. Use active facial language that would enable the person to read your lips and know both what you're saying and what it means. And the next thing I say that you could get wrong, press fingertips together. Here's an explanation of the training. Simply put your fingertips together about mid chest level and lightly press into them so as to straighten the upper spine, opening the rib cage and the throat. This is something I teach all my students to do in exercises, as well as in the studio, where I call it studio hands. The wider diaphragm instantly increases breath control, and the open throat increases access to resonation, and therefore this technique increases vocal ability. It also instantly decreases vocal fatigue or strain. Here's how you could get this wrong. When people try this for the first time, a common mistake is to press your fingertips together too hard, creating shoulder and neck tension and paradoxically tightening the rib cage. You can also press too lightly, which does nothing. So here's how to get it right. The first time you try it, do it while you're standing with your back to a wall and your head touching and your heel touching. Don't allow your head to move forward when you press your fingertips. If you have a wider chest area or bulky shoulders, you can try pressing the longest two fingers together, which kind of widens the circumference of your rib cage, or put a back scratcher between your palms or drumstick or something like that and lightly press into that. Don't use your pectoral muscles. Just use the area from your forearms to your hands. Also, don't be stiff about it. Just loosen up and experiment as you vocalize. As with everything, if it doesn't help, don't do it. You can always, of course, contact me for a lesson to personalize this for you. The next vocal training direction that I give that you could get wrong is articulate clearly. Here's an explanation of the training. No matter what genre of music you do, you need to be understood to get a response to your message, right? Even slurred genres require articulation so that the audience for that genre can understand the lyrics. And of course, if you're a speaker, mumbling will not communicate. Synonyms for articulation include pronunciation and enunciation. In verb form, we say articulate, pronounce, or enunciate clearly. Now, here's how you can get this wrong. If you over-articulate for the genre you're singing in, you'll be heard as inauthentic or fake, overacting or yelling, kind of like typing in all caps. Okay, here's how to get it right. Again, with the B word, articulating appropriately requires balance. It also requires nuance, a fine-tuning of the way your audience likes to hear lyrics or words. If you're unsure, 
Get help from a coach familiar with your song's genre or language. For instance, Polish singer Jonah Arden's producer Laura Lorraine Culbertson hired me as vocal producer for Jonah's English project to, among other things, help her sound more authentic, such as changing decaf, which is what she was saying, to decaf. Next vocal direction of mine that you might get wrong, straighten your spine. Here's the explanation of the training. This is an easy one, actually. Straighten both upper and lower curves of your spine. Here's how to get it wrong. If you go overboard and assume a stiff military posture, if you freeze your spine, your voice will complain. Another mistake is to think, well, you've got a bit of scoliosis, so you can't ever do this. Here's how to get this right. Stand or sit flexibly tall. If this is tiring for you, do some core physical exercise and strengthen your back and lower ab muscles with exercises like free weight rowing. Not only will your voice thank you, your whole body will benefit from deeper breathing and core strength. And if you do have scoliosis, I've trained plenty of voices with that spinal condition, and it really doesn't take much to make a big vocal difference. Just stretch a little taller and balance your weight on both heels instead of just one. And the next thing I teach that you could get wrong, you can sing as long as you want without strain. Here's an explanation of the training. It is my firm belief that if you consistently use great vocal technique, even though long performances can tire your physical body, they don't have to ever tire your voice. Now, here's how you can get that wrong. If you try to go from zero to 100 and play survivor of the vocal cord, you'll be misunderstanding my suggestion. Here's how to get it right. Just like any athlete, if you haven't been singing much or there have been long stretches between your performances, you have to redevelop your muscular stamina. To avoid vocal strain, it's critically important to sing full voice for a week or two or at least four days with great vocal technique before a long performance. The next thing that I teach that you could get wrong is apply the inner smile. Here's an explanation of the training. Creating flexible lift in the soft palate is important to your voice because your voice wants access to movement in that area. Here's how to get it wrong. Squinting is how most people overdo the inner smile. Tension in the upper cheekbones will ironically cause tension in the soft palate and lead to all kinds of vocal mischief. Here's how to get it right. Think the Mona Lisa smile. Or think what your face would look like if you said something sarcastic like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, like that. So I want to end today by giving you some warnings for other vocal training. And these are things I'd never say. Okay. First one, keep your larynx at speech level. My caution is this. There are methods out there which try to counter the overdropping of the larynx of classical singing. My warning is not to freeze the position of the larynx. 
Even for popular genres of music, and definitely for speaking, the larynx needs freedom of movement at the direction of the automatic nervous system. I agree with what vocal coach Lisa Popiel suggests, that the larynx should be allowed to raise, lower, and tilt in the neck. As long as you really aren't aware without putting your fingers on your Adam's or Eve's apple, your voice should be fine and should not feel strained, even though the larynx is moving. Next concept you could get wrong. Just relax and sing. Here's my caution. There's definitely a need for training that relaxes counterproductive tension in the mind, body, and voice. However, to sing or speak confidently and get a powerful response, something has got to give. I would rather say relax everything that doesn't need to tense. Power your voice from the pelvic floor through active facial language. Then your big muscles may make you hungry from the effort, but your voice will practically float out to your thrilled audience. Let your voice relax, but support it with that correct power source and expression. The last thing I'm going to warn you about is the phrase, sing from your diaphragm. Here's my caution. Just don't do it. I'll leave a link to another podcast episode that I have about why you shouldn't sing from your diaphragm. This instruction usually leads to a tightening of the rib cage, sabotaging the diaphragm's control of breath and resulting in one of the most voice-straining techniques out there. All right, I got one last caution about my training. It can hurt you if you don't actually practice it. So to all my students who do their exercises as perfectly as possible, who warm up adequately before performances, and who practice good vocal health actions in general, you don't have to be afraid. I will never hurt you. Promise. This is Judy Rodman, and you can always find me at judyrodman.com. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next episode of All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers. <laughs>